One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Have you always felt a little odd, a little different? The world is crying out for witches to heal and to rebuild. But do you hear its call and will you answer? This is a space for free thinking where I give you tools to explore and build your craft. We all have a divine spark. Join me each week and grow that spark into a fiery beacon. I am your host, Michael Moorcroft, and I'll be bringing you a one-on-one guide to all things witchcraft and spirituality. This is The Major's Well. Hey Majors, welcome back to the show. I hope you've had a gentle and soothing holiday so far. There's a lot of people that I've been speaking to, me included, who have found this time to be quite hard. So if you include yourself amongst this group, I can relate to you. And yeah, I hope easier times are coming because this year it seems to be very hard. I think it's for multiple reasons. I think the heavens are in disarray at the minute. We are about to enter a Mercury retrograde and Mars is in retrograde as well. I mean, that is just the tip of the iceberg. And obviously we have got a lot on collectively. COVID is starting to rear its head again. There's a lot happening already against the backdrop of Christmas. So yeah, hopefully things can get a little bit easier. So this week we're kicking off part two of House Spirits. I definitely recommend tuning into part one before listening to this because it provides a lot of context 
that you might need in order to fully understand this. But first, before we dive in, what's happening for the week ahead? Well, it's a relatively quiet week. We've obviously got New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. We also have Mercury Retrograde. That actually kicks off tomorrow on the 29th. And the moon is waxing up till it's full on the 6th. But I will speak about that in next week's episode. 1st of January falls on a Sunday, meaning we will have a Friday the 13th in January because any month that begins on a Sunday will always have a Friday the 13th. We have the Festival of Sleep on the 3rd, created in 2008. It's a day to rest and catch up on sleep, so slip on your favourite pair of PJs, change your bed sheets, and get some rest if you are able. Wednesday the 4th, it's Perihelion Day, occurring about every two weeks after the December solstice. The sun is the closest it can be to the Earth. Though we don't benefit from the extra heat, it does, however, have an effect on our seasons. On this day, it's also World Trivia Day, celebrating general knowledge. And that's it. That's your week. Now, on to the show. I ended last week's show with a question. How can we re-enchant our homes? For the first time in history, the majority of the world's population live in an urban or suburban environment. Microcosms made from glass, concrete, tarmac, the earth beneath us filled with transportation links, wires, sewage, gas and water pipes, the air filled with cityscape sounds, car fumes, radio waves and Wi-Fi. Regardless, our towns and cities do have spirits. Surely it was the friendly spirits of the land that attracted or consented to our ancestors to placing settlements there in the first place. Spirits that interact with our homes, homes built of modern fabrics distorted from their original shapes and forms, yes, but they still have a spirit. And all of this interplays and creates a web, and it's a web that any of us can interact with and interact within our homes. But what is the definition of a house spirit? Well, very simply, a house spirit is an entity who's associated with human habitations. Whether they actually live in the house, are attached to a particular person, or live around the structures on the property, they are a house spirit. Elves, brownies, piskies, this is a Cornish term, kobolds, a German term, hobgoblins, these are some of the names and types of house spirits. But every country, even each region, can have its own terminology and names. If you're not sure about your area, look it up. It is useful to know what spirits are about and their lore as well. Ghosts and poltergeists could be a modern retelling of house spirits, which I find interesting. I don't think this is the case with every ghost, but misdiagnosing a house spirit as a ghost, absolutely possible. Also to throw in with this is children's fears around monsters under their beds and in their closets. This is a belief that stretches into history and around the globe. Again, this could be a misdiagnosis of a house spirit. In a similar vein, dead relatives can become spirits of the home as well, 
And regardless if you live in the country or in a busy city, there will be spirits lingering around your home. They're just waiting to be acknowledged. What do house spirits actually do? Well, ultimately they watch over order within the household, disliking loud noises and dirty, unkept spaces. They also invite prosperity in and protection from physical attacks as well as the supernatural. In some cases, they can also give an inkling as to what will happen in the future. In Scotland, feeling a warm touch on your hand was said to be the Bruni, the Scottish version of a brownie, and this touch was its way of indicating that good times were coming. Feeling a cold touch is the opposite. Now, house spirits, they can be a little mischievous. Tricks and pranks, hiding things, breaking them. In Czechoslovakia, in order to distract the spirit and to make them leave livestock alone, a doll was made during the first quarter of the moon. Take blackthorn branches and make a small arrow and a doll, hanging it on the stable door. I'm thinking you could make a doll or something similar for these troublesome spirits to play with if you feel you are plagued by them. And trouble, well, it usually occurs because of a spot that the spirit owns and it's being violated by us. In a lot of accounts, a house spirit will visit the person in their dreams and tell them why there is trouble. One account tells of a spirit killing a cow because of the way the barn was built. It meant manure fell on the spirit's dining table. Not an ideal situation. Now, every house is said to contain one of these potential trouble areas where violations on the spirit space can occur. But these hotspots, they can be used as collateral though. There's another tale whereby a spirit was angered and actually started a fire. The owner seeing this and knowing what was going on, they grabbed the cartwheel where this spirit lived and threw it onto the roof of the house, whereby the fire quickly died down. Another thing that can upset house spirits is not maintaining the house as best as you could. I think I am definitely guilty of this. Now, some of them can be a little possessive, shall we say, There's one account of an old woman who a house spirit sleeps with and braids her hair and it actually forbids her to undo the braid. Now one day a widowed man comes to ask the woman for a hand in marriage and the spirit strangles and kills him. The end. But how can you tell if they are happy or unhappy with you? Well, what's the mood feel like in your home? Do things break often? What about the knives? Do they dull quickly? Does food go off quickly as well? If yes is the answer to any of these questions, you might have an unhappy house spirit. They can communicate through dreams, so keep a tabs on any that feel particularly prominent. How do we get them on side? How do we encourage them? How do we appease them? Offerings, offerings, offerings. Dropping a few drops of wine on the floor in a designated area. I'd choose a dark corner, looking at last week's episode, or on the four corners of your house. It's actually a common tradition throughout Scotland of pouring milk into a hollowed stone. This was a way to appease the Gruagrac, a female brownie. In the folklore, it crops up a lot that the first 
bit is always offered. So for example, if you're cutting or if you're opening a fresh loaf of bread, you give them the first slice. Or if you open some fresh butter, give them the first swipe, I guess. I'm not too sure what you'd call it. But all this, it looks like it's a gesture thing. You know, it's given in goodwill, they're placed first. So obviously your intent and your feelings while you're doing it is going to be key. It also shows that you're thinking of them and that they come before you. Bowls of porridge with a little bit of butter in, that's a good shout too and that crops up a lot in the folklore. Now clothing and fabric, they might be ones to avoid because there's a lot of folk tales of spirits being offended at this, perhaps suggesting that they aren't quite dressed well enough and never refer to the offering as payment as well and don't make a big deal out of it. House spirits, they tend to be quite shy and reserved. It's actually thought that the idea of leaving milk and cookies to Santa originated from house spirit offerings. And portion size is something to mention too. Too much, and the spirit might think that you have enough resources and you don't need its help. Conversely, too little, and you may offend it. A spoonful is likely to be enough. And you could also do something for them on your birthday. In ancient Rome, it was a really popular custom to honour the house spirits on the birthday of the head of the household. There was also a special link between the head and the spirit in that the spirit empowered the head of the house to do what needed to be done. Are you the head of the house and you're struggling to make decisions about your household? Maybe you need to leave offerings to your house spirit. Give your house a name and greet it often. I would also create a doll that represents the house, give it the name that you've chosen, and invite the house spirit into the doll. I'd also put this in a dark corner and set up a little altar around it, and I would also speak to the house often too, especially praising them when you come home or when your house feels particularly warming. I'd be tempted to speak about any renovations or changes to the house that you're going to be making. I'd speak them out loud just to make the spirits aware. It's also a sign of respect to sit in silence around your kitchen table before traveling for periods of time. I also wouldn't slam doors, whether that be the cupboards or the front door. And just while we're on the subject of doors, you could also acknowledge doors as you pass through them. Looking at the doorway with intent is enough because doors hold a tremendous amount of power and respect should be given to them. Another easy sign of respect is touching a wall of the house and just saying thank you. Very easy to incorporate that often, as well as acknowledging the spirit's presence when the house is making a noise. And just to clarify, this is for the house itself. I wouldn't recommend thanking house spirits because it shows that there's a hierarchy and that you're above them. They may become offended and it's the same when speaking to the fae compliment them instead of thanking them so rather than saying thanks for protecting the house you could say i think it's wonderful how well you're protecting the place you could also speak to them through tarot cards a pendulum or a ouija board check out my episode on that to learn how to do it safely and it sounds a little bit basic but really pay attention to your home and how it lights up your senses what do you physically feel as you move around your house? What do you see? 
If you close your eyes, can you visualize every detail in the room? What smells are there? How does the light affect this room? It's building your home in the imaginal realm and cluing you into its subtle energetic changes. Now, if you are moving house, it was customary to leave an offering in the new place, then go back to the old one and say, I bow to you, Father Landlord, and ask you to come and stay with us in our new dwelling. We have a warm corner for you there and a meal. You could adapt this if you want to address your house spirit for the first time. And maybe I should clarify here. I believe there are house spirits like piskies and brownies and that kind of vibe. But I also believe there can be a spirit of the house that's sort of like this egregoric entity, if that wasn't clear. Just just to clarify on that point. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 ready to get 20 20, ready to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There is one spell I found for appeasing household spirits that involves plucking five straws from a broom and lighting them in a fire. Then you walk around your house saying, Wraiths of the house, take heart and live. To every chamber, this light I give. To every corner, this breath I send. Approve and favour my willing hand. Also, you could strategically use plants and grow them around your property. Foxglove? Folklore suggests that spirits of the land hide within its flowers. Primrose, wild thyme, bluebells, oak, elderberry, elfswort, lilac, roses, basil grown indoors. Very good shout. It adds to the house's stability. You could also get some dried basil, thyme and rose petals and sprinkle them on your floors. You could also do some asperging by soaking fresh parsley in warm water and flicking it throughout your home. A really lovely custom that I stumbled on in Scotland was using the juice of elder leaves. You paint intricate patterns on the doorstep and this was thought to encourage house spirits held within the house as well as strengthening that threshold boundary. 
You could also combine these with this prayer that calls on your house spirits. Blessings and honour to all who guard my boundaries. Blessings and gratitude for your help and protection. May my property and dwelling be safe under your care. I offer you friendship and blessings. I would also be tempted to go into a new home with this prayer as an introduction, as well as offerings in hand. It might also be an idea to not go into a new home and begin cleansing it. That could look a little aggressive to the spirit world. Instead, I would burn herbs that feel right to use, and I personally would do a blend of frankincense and benzoin. It's very uplifting, it's peaceful scents, and I would go about this visiting each room, and on the way I would introduce myself, and I think it's important to state if you're renting or if you're the owner, and I'd offer the scent of incense as something for the house spirits to feed off as well. Bear in mind, it might take time for the spirits to warm to you, especially if you live in a flat or an apartment block because of the temporal nature of them. But persistence is key. I thought we could also make a blessing oil from four drops of sandalwood, four drops of rose, four drops of frankincense, and one tablespoon of castor or coconut oil. Mix them all together, and then of this, you add a few drops to a mop bucket, And this is the act of cleaning, which is going to appease house spirits, but the oils could also be an offering for the spirits as well. It's kind of like a two birds, one stone kind of vibe. And you could also sing for them as you do this. Be intentional with your voice. How to explain this. So, have you ever been out and about and someone shouts for you and you might not have seen them, but you know that their shout is aimed at you? Does that make sense? That's the kind of energy that we want here. You're not singing for yourself. You're singing for the audience that's within your home. And use your song as an offering to them. You could also anoint a white candle with that oil that I mentioned, the floor. And you could make seven equal notches on a candle and any sigils or symbols that you feel fit and anoint it. And you want to place this somewhere significant. I'll leave you to decide where, but... If you walk quietly around your home and just tune in to how you're feeling, there will be a spot that that jumps out at you. I would light this candle here, if it's convenient and if it's safe. And this is where you're going to burn it each day, which is marked by the seven notches. And when lighting it, you could recite the prayer that I mentioned earlier. And when this candle is spent, when it's fully finished after the seven days, take what's left you put it in a box with rose petals and salt as well as any other items that you feel right for you and your home and then you tie this up and you place it somewhere that it won't be seen or found and I'd also practice basic feng shui principles and there's loads like keeping the path to your front door clean no mirrors opposite any doors be mindful of clutter avoid storing things under the bed Toilet door and toilet seat kept closed. Let air and light in. Keep plants if you can. Get rid of anything negative that has any negative feelings attached to it. Go through your home. This is a wonderful way to do a spring clean. Go through your home and just what makes you feel good as you pick up and feel your items and what makes you feel bad and clear them out. Fix all the broken things. Keep the windows clean. 
there's there's loads and loads and loads of elements within feng shui that you can easily incorporate and it does make a huge difference i've definitely had strange energies in my room and when i've looked at it i've realized oh there's there's a mirror opposite the door and moving it 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 does make a difference i'm i'm a big fan of feng shui and just making sure that your space feels safe and comfortable so see what works see what out of that list appeals to you maybe do some research and see see what elements you want to incorporate but i would definitely recommend looking into it if if you're concerned about making your home more safe and comfortable let's have a quick look at some household deities this is an entity that protects the entire household now these deities traditionally not in all cases they were unlikely to be worshipped at temples so shrines were often set up in people's homes and offerings were given and feast days were observed so a popular one is the lars coming from ancient rome they manifest in pairs as either two young men or snakes and this is interesting because there's a lot of folklore throughout Europe of snakes residing in the home and it was incredibly lucky and they were kind of seen as the physical embodiment of the house spirit. There's also accounts of snakes eating from the same bowl as children on like feast days. There's a lot of interesting snake folklore within European homes. Now the Lars dwelt by the hearth or the chimney and there's a really interesting quote in Virgil's Aeneid a tale that follows Aeneas fleeing the fall of Troy and travelling to Italy, whereby he becomes an ancestor to the Romans. This guy actually pauses to take the small figures of the hearth gods with him as he flees. This is significant because it suggests that home is wherever the hearth gods are. And if you're interested in honouring them with a feast day, the last day was December 23rd. We have just missed it, so you'll have to wait a year. Sorry. We also had Hestia, the goddess of the hearth and domestic life, who traditionally was the first Olympian spirit invoked in any Greek ritual on account of Zeus admiring the sacrifice she gave in her decision to remain a virgin and unmarried. There are also Homeric and Orphic hymns to honour Hestia. The Romans, they honoured Vesta, watching over the fires like Hestia, but she was very different. She had virgins who tended to her sacred fire in Rome, and it was believed that if the flames ever went out, Rome would come to an end. She's said to be present in all flames, and offerings should be placed in the fire. Now, in order to bring in the energies of this goddess, or invoke her, add Vesta power to a fire the recipe of which is a quarter cup of powdered sugar or cornstarch and a quarter cup of saltpetre. This is highly, highly, highly flammable. Please test this outside first and only use a small pinch. Please don't burn your homes down. That is not the aim of the game. That's not going to appease any house spirits. And Vesta's festival runs 9th of June to the 15th. There's also Bridget coming from pre-Christian Ireland and a member of the Tuatha Dé Danann, who you might remember from my She or my Fae episodes. Her dominion's huge. She resides over many things, including the hearth and home. She also has links to snakes. Her feast is February 1st, which is the pagan festival of Imbolc, which I've got an episode coming out on the 18th of Jan, if you are interested in celebrating that day. She's also celebrated on February 13th. Now, we also have the ancient Egyptian god Bess. That would be a good one. 
Chantico, she who dwells in the house. She's an Aztec deity of the hearth. There's also Keridwin. This is the Welsh hearth goddess, as is Zhao Shen in Chinese folklore. Frigg is the Norse goddess of the household. We've also got Kamui Fuchi, who resides over the hearth in Japanese folklore. Saint Marta watches over the home. These are just a few, but there's loads, and every culture has some sort of domestic deity in some capacity that can be easily invoked and worked with. Just remember to be mindful of cultural appropriation, and I'd also recommend looking into what house spirits traditionally occupy your area as well. And just a final note on deities, with it being a home and occupying land, I'd say whatever deities are native to that land, I'd say they're going to have more of a protective power over your house and home, rather than one that is completely alien to, to the culture of the land. House spirits are a really wonderful way of adding another layer of the magical to your home. There's so much folklore, especially throughout Europe, on how to work with them, and we can learn so much of our ancestors and their ways of being. I do want to give a special mention to the book The Tradition of Household Spirits, Ancestral Law and Practices by Cloud Lakutu. It was incredibly useful for both of these episodes. And that is a wrap for today's show on house spirits. I hope, as always, you have found it interesting and useful and it's nourished you in some way. And if you've liked the show, give it a rating. It really does help and I really do appreciate it. You can leave a rating wherever you listen to this. And yeah, you can subscribe to my exclusive content on Supercast. And that's everything I want to say, I think. Before I go, let's end with a poem. And it's called The House with Nobody in It by Joyce Kilmer. Whenever I walk to Suffern along the eerie track, I go by a poor old farmhouse with its shingles broken and black. I suppose I've passed it a hundred times, but I always stop for a minute and look at the house, the tragic house, the house with nobody in it. I never have seen a haunted house, but I hear there are such things that they hold the talk of spirits, their mirth and sorrowings. I know this house isn't haunted, and I wish it were, I do, for it wouldn't be so lonely if it had a ghost or two. This house on the road to Suffern needs a dozen panes of glass, and somebody ought to weed the walk and take a scythe to the grass. It needs new paint and shingles, and the vine should be trimmed and tied. But what it needs the most of all is some people living inside. If I had a lot of money and all my debts were paid, I'd put a gang of men to work with brush and saw and spade. I'd buy that place and fix it up the way it used to be, and I'd find some people who wanted a home and give it to them free. Now, a new home standing empty, with staring window and door, looks idle, perhaps, and foolish, like a hat on its block in the store. But there's nothing mournful about it. It cannot be sad and lone, for the lack of something within that it has never known. But a house that has done what a house should do, a house that has sheltered life, that has put its loving wooden arms around a man and his wife, a house that has echoed a baby's laugh and held up his stumbling feet, 
is the saddest sight when it's left alone that ever your eyes could meet. So whenever I go to Suffern along the eerie track, I never go by the empty house without stopping and looking back. Yet it hurts me to look at the crumbling roof and the shutters fallen apart, for I can't help thinking the poor old house is a house with a broken heart. Peace out, witches, and I'll see you at the crossroads. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.